baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight America. What a night. We're watching Georgia pretty closely with the Senate runoff that's going on. And I'm monitoring CBS News, which we have a feed to. So if there's any breaking news on that, we can bring it up at any given time. But just kind of watching the results as they come in, it's about as close as it gets. The last update, and it was from 8.07 p.m. So right now, I mean, this is literally the very latest. If you're listening to this live, if you're listening to this on the overnight replay hours, you know what, they probably don't have a answer yet either so it's going to be similar in the two senate races they're both tied at 50 percent each 50 <laughs> percent to 50 percent it's exactly it and i've been watching to the cbs news mostly because uh we have the access to them and what they do is they're giving updates about the runoff results but then they're also covering other things in the news and I was also listening earlier to some of the different analysis. I think Frank Lutz came out and said his prediction is we won't know the winner until tomorrow morning anyway. But what we're going to do is take special CBS updates at about the 31-minute marker of each hour, so 8.31, 9.31, 10.31, just to kind of give you the very latest. And, of course, CBS News at the top of the hour. And whenever there's something new, we can just go straight to it, being that we are live on Overnight America. I was looking, too, at the amount of money that was spent on these two races alone, it's pretty remarkable. $50 million nearly spent on ads for the Georgia Senate races. $50 million on ads targeting, uh, targeting Georgia voters spent over the last two months. So close. Isn't that, isn't that something? It goes to show you just how important this race is. With Republicans having 50 seats and Democrats 48, if they can get two seats, that being the Democrats, they would tie things up. If Republicans could keep at least one of them or take both, they'll keep a edge in the Senate, which they need, knowing that they're going in with Joe Biden being the president. This is a tough one. All right, here's okay. Here's another update. Um, okay, now it's forty nine point eight to fifty point two percent with. And this one's 49.3 to 50.7%, roughly the two advantages going to the two Democratic nominees at the moment. But virtually speaking, they're pretty close to 50%, 50%. And I don't know if it gets any closer than that. I wanted to point out, too, that I didn't want to do all politics tonight. But again, this is one of those weeks where we're just stuck with it. And there's no other way to get around it. But we will keep things open for you if you want to call in. We can talk about Georgia. We can talk about the process tomorrow with the Electoral College and what may be happening. Is it going to be contested? Is it going to take forever? Is it going to take a week and a half? Are senators and uh, members of the House going to show up in their pajamas because they're going to do a sleepover? Who knows how this is going to play out? All I know is tonight and tomorrow night, two exciting nights 
if you like politics, if you hate politics, two just really dreadful nights in a row, back to back. But let me keep things open to you at 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. So let me give you an example. Here's what CBSN is talking about right now, CBS News. And if you're looking for a way to put the kids to bed. <laughs> because you've uh, watched hours and hours and hours of this, it's, I know. It's, it's Paw Patrol or this, I suppose. Um, oh, isn't that great? CBS News is also making fun of how dreadful politics has been lately. And if you want to go to bed, put this on and you'll fall asleep. Tomorrow, <laughs> critics of those that are going to vote not to certify the results say, well, if the presidential race was fraudulent, why wasn't yours? And there was an attempt by a Texas mm -hmm. Congressman Chip Roy, conservative Republican, to not seat members of Congress when the House convened earlier this week on Sunday. Uh, and he was trying to make a point which was, well, if you think mm -hmm. the presidential race was fraudulent, what about your race? And should you even be here? It was rejected, but it was right. you know, kind of a fair point. And I think that's part of what you'll hear tomorrow is show us the proof that there's fraud. Yeah. Show us the proof. They're mostly talking about tomorrow. They're not even talking about Georgia right now. Are, are most people just giving up on so Georgia as we this speak? Means you're and maybe, maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe they're just tired of it. They're like, ah, we're, we're looking at the same numbers come in and there's really not much we can do to report at the moment. So that's where we'll sit. If you want to call in, you can. There's one really fascinating story I want to talk about after the break, which we'll go to here in a second. The last known surviving widow of a Civil War veteran passed away three weeks ago. She was living here in Missouri, just northeast of Springfield off of 44. And she was 101 years old, died just three weeks ago. Last known surviving widow of a Civil War veteran. How does that math add up? We'll talk about that coming up on Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. And Overnight America is with you tonight. And like I mentioned, I got CBS News. I can pop in here at any given time if we want to check out what's going on live in Georgia with the election results still coming in. They say about 64% of the results are in at the moment. And for the most part, both of the, both of the Senate runoffs are at about 50% each candidate. That's what that is. Yeah. So, again. Yeah, and, and, you, and you see the appropriate social distancing happening, too, though. I mean, it is, you know, I know you, you, you've seen a lot of this stuff, but, but for viewers, I just want folks to know, if they haven't had a chance to look at this, this is the, the transparency that you were talking about. And it's an important point to make that this is available for people to watch should they choose to, you know, want to see what's going on for themselves. They have that opportunity. Oh, boy. Just to show you how exciting things are in Georgia right now. Now that is exciting. Ooh, it's like riding the most boring roller coaster. Let's go to Jeff, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, how's it going tonight? Doing all right. Um, at this point, I just want it to be over. I, I don't want there to be another runoff. Mm, if it's not, I don't even want to think about anything after tonight uh, and tomorrow. Yeah. Let's let that not happen. All right. Uh, and yeah, you know who would be the big winner. Just imagine them dropping another 500 million in Georgia for ads. <laughs> yeah, I predict it'll be it a would split. be the big winner. Well, I predict it'll be a split. Well, it, uh, I think it might be a split between a Republican and a Democrat. Oh, I see. So you'll, you'll say, do you have any preference or do you just as long as the Republicans keep one seat, be, you'll be fine? I, I think it'll be I think it'll be one of them. I don't know which one which is will be which. 
But I think it'll be yeah. one of each. I see. So you have Purdue and Loeffler, both of them up. Um, I would prefer Loeffler win if I had to pick one of the two, mostly because I think Warnock would not be good um, representing the country in Senate. So if I had to pick between the two, but obviously I'd like both Republicans in there, I think it would be better if we had that. And, you know, what's interesting to me is just watching CN, uh, CBS News right now. What they're doing on the bottom is what they're doing is they're showing the exit polling among uh, black men and black women constantly. They're scrolling that on the bottom. So they're making this very racial, this whole idea of the results as they're coming in as racial as possible. And I thought that's kind of weird. I don't remember them doing that for the presidential election or everywhere else. I mean, that, that's all they're focusing on on that. So, all right, Jeff, thank you very much for your call. I feel like that is a commentary in itself in the way that they're trying to package and present this right now. Uh, let's go and tell you this one story. I saw this over on People magazine, but it's being reported across many other agencies. Last known surviving widow of a Civil War veteran dies at 101 years old. She lives, uh, well, lived in Missouri just three weeks ago. She passed away. It was like December 16th, something like that. She was 101, and she didn't really like to talk about it. <laughs> she thought it was somewhat controversial in a sense, and she really didn't tell anyone about it until some of the more recent years here. And her proof, considering that this dates back you know, a long time, I mean, uh, we're, we're talking about a marriage that occurred in the 1920s, no, 1936. The only documentation they had was inside of an old Civil War family Bible and the documentation that was put into there. Now, keep in mind, the record keeping back in those days weren't the greatest. You may even have some family members whose birth certificates were non-existent because they were born in a house somewhere in the hills. And you probably have a family member in your family that was like that, that you knew, you know, not born in a hospital. But this is what ended up happening. So she was born in 1919, grew up in a family of 10 children, poor during the Great Depression, lived on a farm, wasn't doing that hot. She was 17 years old when a Civil War veteran was 93 years old, fought for the Union here, part of the 14th Missouri Calvary, and the 93-year-old went to the 17-year-old and said, you know, um, I don't believe in accepting charity, but I want to marry you to provide for your future. If you marry me, you'll get my union pension. And her being 17, dirt poor, family of 10, she thought, well, this could be my ticket out of this situation. And as a 17-year-old, it was very appealing to her. They get married. He lives a couple more years, dies. Very young, of course, and he was very old. So the irony of all of this is that later she said her other siblings made it sound like it would be shameful of her to let other people know that she was married to a Civil War veteran, that she married someone that was much older than her, you know, in his 90s. And, well, because of that shame she thought she felt because of it, she decided not to apply for the union pension. So one of the whole reasons for them to get together, a spokesperson uh, confirmed the marriage. It's been confirmed. There's no doubt about it, but it goes to show you, isn't that weird how that math can all add up? How, for, how we can find ourselves in a way where 
there was someone that was living on this planet up until three weeks ago that actually was married and knew a Civil War veteran. And it's weird to think you go back 160 years, you know, and you just you try to do the math and you're like, how is that even add up? How is that even possible? So there's pictures of him. If you want to see what he looks like, there's uh, one of her holding a picture. Yeah, there are pictures then. Uh, she received many accolades in her lifetime. She received the Cherry Blossom Medal in 2006. Um, she was a star on the Missouri Walk of Fame in 2018. I guess that gets you a Missouri Walk of Fame, doesn't it? That's all it takes. Get you right in there. And prior to coming up with her story, uh, she held the title. There was one other person, uh, Maudie Hopkins, that held the title for the last Civil War bride. She died in 2008. So at this point, historians believe there's no way there's another Civil War veteran that's still alive. It just doesn't make sense. And from what I can tell, even in the last couple of years, pretty mentally aware, knew what was going down because she was given interviews. She did um, not only interviews for local media there, newspapers, things like that, but some uh, oratorical. So she would talk about her experiences, how that worked out. Pretty remarkable story if you think about it. Do you imagine having someone like her in your family when you're a kid in high school? Oh, yeah, my grandma was married to a Civil War veteran. I wouldn't believe you. Take your grandma to school day, which really isn't a thing. But for her case, I think I would have made an exception. Ah, I keep watching the results here, and it's almost exactly where it was before. We are inching over and over and over again to the same numbers over in Georgia. And let's see. Let's pop into CBS News real quick, mostly because it's so fresh. The polls close 6 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock Eastern, which means they're still taking their time trying to get this together. They're not quite at 70% of the vote counted in. It's, you know, upper 60%. Kind of questioning of, of each other on the other side. All right. Leslie Sanchez and Joel Payne, always great to have you. I just missed that. It looked like they're having a good conversation. Voting counting underway in Georgia. This is from CBS News. Future of the Democrat and GOP parties, both of which they're talking about. Uh, let's take a look. Parties. You're streaming. Oh, they're doing their uh, their own version there. All right. But I, I just don't know which way this is going to go. I feel like between tonight and tomorrow, it's just going to be wild because you can go over to D.C. right now and look at some of the coverage of what they're talking about. They're getting ready for a very big electoral college process where as the states could be challenged, the congressmen and women able to or should I say congressperson, excuse me, Pelosi, are able to protest or at least give their concern, air it out. It looks like there's senators that are going to get in on this. It could take forever. I mean, it could take for a couple of days. In Congress, they could actually have a slumber party, and there's very few senators that I think are equipped to make it last that long. And, you know, it could go through the night. I mean, by this time tomorrow, they could still be objecting, and we could be watching an empty hall and a lot of them falling asleep or checking their phones or whatever it may be. But the D.C. over there, they discourage anyone from going out. There's large crowds already there to protest in favor of Donald Trump. And I mean, if you go look at some of the screens, there's a lot of people that have shown up. It's gotten so crazy that I've seen people online show photos of their GPSs on their Apple phones and using their Apple maps. They said, okay, give me directions to Washington, DC. They won't even give you the, the GPS coordinates. They'll say, Oh, roads are blocked. You can't go. They don't, the, the GPSs and these tech companies are even discouraging you from going out. The free travel that you have, they don't want to participate in. Isn't that something? Businesses were boarding up their windows. They don't know how this is going to go. They know that uh, 
organizations like Antifa and Black Lives Matter have already gone out there and have uh, been running their mouths. I think the Proud Boys were out there and then they were kicked out or something. But it's it's a weird time even when the people in Congress are told when you get there, you better not go through those crowds. When you get there, you're going to have to go through the tunnels underground because that's the only way they can secure safe travel. That's where we're at right now. That's where we're at. I think most people watching it are not going to be surprised when the final results exactly where we are today, going through the process and then one more step and one more extra step. And then once that extra step is crossed, then the certification of Joe Biden to be the next president will be there. I I really don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know if anyone really knows what's going to happen. There was some fireworks in Pennsylvania where they didn't want to seat the lieutenant governor <laughs> and they voted not to. And he got a yelling fit of rage inside of the uh, Pennsylvania floor. Maybe we might have to talk about that later today, too. But, you know, as we continue to watch everything that's going on, I just don't know if this is going to be the moment where things boil over and then we're done with it. Or if this is going to be the moment where it's just the the tipping point and everything, you know, the levee breaks and the flooding of just the big crazy stories start to happen. I would really hope that this isn't going to be the thing that pushes us over. I feel like this is just the, all right, we've gotten to the, the max and now we're going to start simmering down. I just really hope that's the case. Um, Looking at some of the key races right now. So here's the very latest out of Georgia. Still 50-50. Purdue is up slightly, but it's 50-50. So Republican Purdue over uh, Democrat Ossoff. Both at 50% each, though. But Purdue has the slight advantage. Loeffler and Warnock both at 50% to 50%. Loeffler has a slight advantage there. 68% of the voting in on that. And this... And that's it. All right. Uh, here's a text message that came in. If you want to call in too, 314-436-7900. Here's one person said, prediction, vote counting abruptly stops at about 2 a.m. Then in the morning, the Democrats magically have the votes to win. Oh, I hope that's not the case. <laughs> I really don't want that to have to be the case. Oh, man. I think about what happened in the general election and what could be happening here tonight. Could you imagine if that happened again? That's how you get things to go bananas. All right, let's go back to CBS News. I'm just kind of curious what they're bringing in some of the latest as they update some of these numbers. The campaigns on both sides of the aisle get back on the trail physically in the weeks leading up to this. For Republicans, I think what will be interesting to see is a couple of things. One Depending on how the results turn out for this, we're going to see whether or not Republicans are going to have to make a shift within their campaigning within the state. A factor that played into this Senate runoff was that following the general election, you did have the president talking about the validity of the results. And so for a while, what you saw was Georgia Republicans were having to rally up their base in the state and say, hey, We have to focus on this Senate race. We need you to get out and vote. And so having to sort of solidify and come to a unifying message is something that I think we're going to see Republicans have to do in the years to come. And then, of course, we'll see how all of these 
ads played out, right? As you said and continue to mm. say throughout the night, a lot of money was spent in this Senate runoff on both sides. And so we'll see whether or not, you know, some of the negative ads that we saw, um, whether or not they were effective. And- yeah, so that was CBS News. 50-50, we're still in both of the Senate races, 50-50. So we're going to get another update from CBS News Radio in their news desk. We'll have some of the latest numbers there, too. We're going to also look at the latest COVID vaccine. News is out of how you can register to get one. I'm curious if anyone listening actually has received the COVID vaccine here in the area. I'd love to talk to you about your experience if you have. So we'll do that after the break. We'll take a look at your weather coming up, too, and an update from CBS on Overnight America, KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Still watching the results in Georgia. It's still early. And last check, it's about, oh, Georgia just had a big jump, 75% of the results in. And, oh, man, it's still a slight, slight lead for Purdue over Ossoff. Still roughly 50% each, though. I mean, we're talking a margin of about 5,000 votes. And in the Warnock-Loeffler, still about 50-50. Warnock has the slight lead in that one. And he's up about, uh, let's see. Oh, take that back. It just switched again. Now it's 76% of the vote in. And Loeffler's now up over Warnock. It's just watching. It's like watching a horse race at this point. And as they're just jockeying for position, they're going back and forth. And as the commentator up in the booth is watching this, it's just going crazy, trying to keep an eye on what numbered horse they're they're following. But, okay, so now it's 76% of the results in Georgia. Both Purdue and Loeffler, both Republicans have a slight lead. Uh, Purdue, 51% to 49%. And Loeffler and Warnock deadlocked at 50%. But, uh, Loeffler has about a 12,000 vote lead and Purdue has about a 30, 48% or 48,000 vote lead. So just very slight. And that may seem like a lot because considering we're looking at margins of 10,000. Yeah, it is pretty close, but still I'm wondering if anyone listening right now has taken the COVID vaccine or at least gotten the first COVID vaccine. If you have, I want to talk to you. 314 Four three six seventy nine hundred, or eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. I just want to know really what your experience was, how fast it uh, you got it, why you got it, um, your hesitations. Did you have any side effects? Uh, was it a long line? Did you register online? Where did you get it from? Just things like that. I I just want to know your general experience because there's a story at KMOX.com says how you can register for a COVID vaccine. It reminds me of the ones that call ahead into a restaurant. And when you show up, you say, oh, yeah, I'm here. I called ahead. And then you get seated. And there's all these other people that have been waiting 
that you don't have to, you know, you cut the line. And that's kind of what they're doing with the COVID vaccine right now. And then I read online in New York, you have to register. And if you cut the line, you, uh, I think your medical care provider who allowed you to cut the line could be fined for that. <laughs> Isn't that something? You know, they're just over-regulating it in the sense if they find out you were out of order in the way that you took those, that they could be fined. That doesn't seem efficient to me. Uh, it's almost like when you go into the airline business and there's an open seat and they fill the seat with someone else and then, you know, they close the doors and they're getting ready to go and then someone else shows up and, oh, I had I bought a seat, but they were late. I, I feel like there's those scenarios where People may register, not show up. And then what happens? Oh, I was I was kicked out of line. You got to find these guys. I wonder if any of those scenarios could pop up. But St. Charles County Health Department is encouraging residents to register online for the COVID vaccine. Uh, it doesn't mean you'll jump in front of anyone, but it just means to try to keep things orderly. Uh, the Assistant Director of Public Health, Sarah Evers, tells KMOX that in the first phase of distribution, giving priority to people, who have direct contact with patients and for nursing care residents. The next phase will be first responders, then frontline workers, then assisted living residents, and then people over the age of 75. And it just goes down and down and down the list. So am I a first responder? No. A frontline worker? No. Assisted living resident? No. Over the age of 75? No. I don't anticipate getting this thing for a long time. And I almost look at that as an advantage because it's almost like, yeah, they went through all these trials and tests, but eh, the real-life trials and tests is, when you see everyone else around you getting it first and you can look around, that's almost something like uh, it's kind of a lousy way to do it. But still, it's at least uh, I think a lot of people are like me in that sense. But has anyone actually received this vaccine yet? 314-436-7900. You know what's pretty lousy, too, when it comes to those in assisted living residents? And I understand the order of priority. But imagine you're in a nursing home or assisted living or whatever it is, and they put regulations in place that you can't see loved ones. You've gone through multiple holidays where you can't see loved ones. You get sick and you can't be with loved ones. Um, worst case scenario, let's say you have a loved one who passes away and you can't hold a funeral for them because of this whole scenario, and you were forced to stay away from them through this whole time. And all they don't uh, all they want is so they don't have to be alone. And the best you can do is, oh, maybe they'll let you look at them through a window like it's some sort of nursing home zoo. And you go through all of these steps and all of these things. And you're in a nursing home and you're thinking at least the first responders can go home and see their family. At least the frontline workers could go home and see their family and have the option of doing all these things of the freedom. But the assisted living residents don't have that freedom. Why wouldn't you bump up the assisted living residents? just for that very point. So they would have the ability to see their family before it's too late. So they would be able to make up lost time for all of it. And think of what a, a terrible situation their family members are in because then they can't visit the ones that they love. You can't visit mom and dad. They can't visit grandma, grandpa. And they're thinking to themselves, I don't know how much time we have left. And they're in such a vulnerable position to begin with. Their risk factor is well, well above what is comfortable for a lot of people. And there they are, not allowed to get this thing yet. I just really hope that they put a little bit more high priority. And I've seen different articles written about this, and people have made different points about assisted living residents. And think about this. You're, you're elderly, and you're someone that's gone through a lot. You've contributed to your society. You're dependent on other people at this point because of your age, and you've trusted that dependency. You pay for that 
uh, privilege to get assisted help and all of these things, and, they, and they're not doing it. They're, they're not giving you the help that you want. And a lot of times, these vaccines, um, it, it's tough. And this is part of it that I don't understand either. We have these millions and millions of vaccines that they said should be distributed by now. And they're just waiting to distribute these things. And they're waiting for people to line up and get it. But they're not getting it out fast enough. If, if it's that hard to get people to line up for them, or it's that hard to organize the distribution of it, or it's that hard to get everyone up to speed, and you have these large quantities of these vaccines, and there's just not people lining up for them, why not just go and start to help the assisted living residents, the ones that want them? Why not start going around and just taking care of them first until you can get all your ducks in a row? Why not do that? That just to me seems logical. It seems like you'd want to do this. Uh, here's a text message that came in. I'm a first responder and I have no intention of getting this vaccine. What was a survey? I, I think the survey I saw was the... Um, First responder population, it was something like a third of them refused to get the, it's a large percentage, just do not want to be in the first round of receiving this vaccine. Wow. Oh, it looks like we have an update in Georgia. Uh, Secretary of State gives an update on the votes counted. Let's take a listen from CBS News. Accepted by Friday. So by Friday, it may be the determining uh, vote count if it's that close. It could be, Yes. Uh, uh, 17 or 16,000, but we'll update that number either later tonight or tomorrow morning. Did you say Friday? Friday. Military and overseas ballots, if they're postmarked today, they can be accepted by Friday. When do you think you'll be announcing the results? Mr. will be announcing the winner. <laughs> when we finish counting the votes and certify the results. Thanks, guys. We'll come back in a little while. Um, maybe. Or do you want to go home? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of up to you all. <laughs> okay, so I'll go. As soon as we know something more, we'll come back. Thanks, guys. Go to break. All right. So there it is. Oh, you heard CBS News said, hey, hey, uh, go to break. <laughs> All right. So you had the secretary of state giving an update on the votes. They said there's still going to be military votes account could come in as late as Friday, as long as they are postmarked now in the George 78 percent in uh, David Perdue is up over John Ossoff, 50.9 percent to, oh, well, Kelly Loeffler just barely up to 50.5 percent of the vote. And the difference, about 32,000 votes there. So there are two Republicans. Uh, okay, there's David Perdue again. He's got about a 57, 58,000 vote lead on John Ossoff right now. So the two Republicans currently in the lead. We'll keep an eye on this, of course. And if there's any other breaking things going on with CBS, we'll play that too. I'll see if I can rewind. And maybe we'll catch that full update from their Secretary of State, just so we can get it from the beginning. Because I want to hear some of the things he said there. It sounds... Like it could be uh, worthwhile every plane. But let me tell you, uh, let me just say this one more time. If you've got this vaccine, if you've received it, uh, tell me what it, was it like? I want to hear your experience. 314-436-7900. And I'm curious, uh, are you one of the people that have top priority to get it right now or not? I mean, you don't have to, you know, brag if you're not or anything. I'm just curious. This is Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. And welcome back to Overnight America. So we're going to keep watching what's going on in Georgia. And there was an update from their Secretary of State, the office, talking about the votes that were counted in the Senate runoff. And we're also watching, the, what, 78% of the votes in. It's still very, very, very close. 
let's uh, take your calls because I was asking, is there anyone that has taken the coronavirus vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine? And as it turns out, we have Marilyn who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi. Hello, Marilyn. So you are a recipient of this vaccine. Yes, I got it last uh, Wednesday, actually. So tell me the process. Did you have to register? Did you show up somewhere? What caused you to uh, get the vaccine? Okay, I'm a volunteer at uh, St. Joseph Hospital here in Highland. And I got a letter and an email saying that I was eligible to get the vaccine by being a volunteer. So I thought about it and I said I would do it. And they said, well, that would be a week or so before I got it. But then last Tuesday, I got a phone call and said I could come in that afternoon or the next morning, next day, and get the vaccine. So I did. And you went and got the vaccine. Were there a lot of other people there? Um, What did it look like, too? Was it look like you were walking into like a hazmat situation? What was the site like? It was at the hospital. It was in their conference room there, and uh, there was a line of people, and uh, it looked like it was going to take a while, so I left, and then I came back. And, again, I stood in line for a little while, but it was very well organized. They had three people to register me, and then they had uh, three different places to go and get the vaccine. So, uh, and then I had to wait uh, 15 minutes after I got it until I they made sure that I was okay to leave. So altogether, it took me about 45 minutes. Oh, interesting. Was it cold? I'm curious. The vaccine? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't feel anything. It was just like getting yeah. a flu shot. Oh, a regular okay. flu shot. And it was just like in, it was like in the conference room. They just set up the conference room table, and they had a bunch of like syringes sitting out, and you just sat down, and then they shot you with one? Right, but it was private. Each uh, area where you went in to get the shots was screened off, so you had that privacy. And then uh, they took some information and, and uh, gave you the shot, gave me the shot. You know what? Let me just tell you this real quick. That sounds very good. When One time um, I was in the building when they were offering flu shots at our work, and I said, oh, why not? And I'm never usually in the building during the day because I do the late night show. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a just luck had it where they said, hey, if you want the flu shot, go get it. So I go down the hall into a small conference room. And half the table is set up and there's just syringes all over the table with a nurse that is giving people flu shots. And on the other half of the conference room table, they were prepping for a lunch. I kid you not. There was food (laughs) that were prepping for like a conference lunch for uh, like a a sales meeting or something. So I go in, I get the shot. It was a hospital staff (laughs) that was doing the giving the shot. So it uh, I felt very comfortable. Oh, good. Okay, so you, you got the shot. Everything felt fine. You went home. Have you felt any different at all since receiving this? No, not at all. Um, my arm was sore um, the next day a little bit, just like a flu shot, regular flu shot. But uh, other than that, I haven't really noticed anything, any difference. So. Yeah, so you have to get a second shot, a follow-up in a couple yeah, of weeks, so or how does that work? Yeah, uh, scheduled that. They gave me, this time, they gave me a, a time and... Uh, the day to be there. So I have the time scheduled and you had mentioned something before about having a reservation. Right. Some places are requiring or wanting you to reserve a time to do that. Yeah. Right. Uh, they did say, uh, I could have made a reservation, but I didn't, I wanted to keep my time open, 
but I noticed when I was sitting there waiting to to my do my 15 minutes before I could leave, there were uh, there was one lady that came in that had a reservation, and she kind of went around the line. So I don't know yeah. uh, how that worked. Yeah, that uh, you know, in Maryland, I know you're not supposed to ask, but can I ask how old you are? I'm 82. 82. So at at the age of 82, you're looking around at some of the other volunteers and people receiving them. Kind of what's like the ages of the people around you? Were they mostly, you know, over 50, over 70? What was the kind of like the demographic? Uh, actually, I was kind of surprised because there were younger people, I would say college age um, people and middle aged people and then older ones like me. I would say that most of us were probably senior citizens, but there were some some uh, the younger kids too. Yeah. Did they give you a little piece of paper or something that showed you received the first uh, portion of the vaccine, the first half? Um, they gave us a couple of sheets of instructions and information about the the vaccine and and different things like that, and then they gave us a an appointment card that we could write the, the date mm. and time that we were there, and then it had our next appointment written on it. But that was it. Yeah, that's what some people post these little cards. It looked like there was a check off and it showed you exactly which one you received because you're not supposed to uh, switch once you get like, let's you get let's say you get the Pfizer one. You got to keep the Pfizer one. If you get Moderna, right, you got to stay right. with Moderna. So it, do you know which one you received? Was it the Pfizer yes, one? I did get the Moderna. Oh, Moderna. OK, so mm-hmm. that's a little bit different. Did that. So you volunteer at the hospital. You You do different things there. Did they. Um, talk about their stockpile. Do they have a lot of these things to distribute? Do, does it seem like they're on track to distribute what they wanted to? Or are they behind? Are they ahead? Do you know? Well, they're not. The volunteers aren't working at the hospital now because of the COVID. So I haven't really talked to anybody about it. And I didn't have a chance to talk any to talk to anybody the day I was in there. So I'm not sure how many yeah. supplies they are you had. Married? Came, pardon? Are you married? Yes. Okay. Is your husband going to get one? He is going to, but uh, they weren't uh, taking the spouses of the uh, volunteers. It was just the volunteers. So um, I think there was something on the news tonight about Madison County, about registering or something Mm -hmm. in Madison County, too. Yeah, there's a couple of different areas that are still, they're getting the word out about registering for this sort of thing. Well, all right. Well, Marilyn, uh, it's good to know. So you're a week out, no side effects, no problems. Everything's feeling good. And are you looking forward to getting the second one? Yes, I am. And I just want to encourage people to get it. I know a lot of people are afraid of it, but, you know, there's been the polio vaccine and the measles vaccine and pneumonia shots and the flu shots and everything. And I think it's a great thing to have. And I kind of balance which one I wanted, COVID or the shot. So I went for the vaccine. <laughs> you went for the vaccine. I All went right, for Marilyn. the vaccine. Well, thank you so much for opening up and sharing your experience. I appreciate that. Okay. Good talking to you, Ryan. We'll see ya. Yeah. Bye. And yeah, I'm not joking about the last time I got a flu shot inside of the uh, radio station office. It's like, hey, if anyone wants a shot, go back to the conference room. And there I am. I'm rolling up my sleeve and they're laying out like a platter of Subway sandwiches. And I'm looking at the syringes on the table, and then there's like a row of boxes that separate the food from what they're obviously trying to make a like a sales presentation or a sales meeting after where they're feeding everyone. Oh, boy. (laughs) Another hour of Overnight America coming up on KMOX. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.